what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host. I'm director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in beautiful Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is dean of the School of Business, Industry, and Technology at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, how are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. It's been a little bit cold here, but I can't even say that in North Carolina compared to where they're doing things in the Midwest and the Northeast. Well, we're, we're uh, here in late February. We've had a little bit of snow, but uh, in comparison to some of the other places out there, we're, we're pretty fortunate weather-wise. Exactly. Today's show, we'll uh, take a quick step back and look at an article that I came across about uh, some of the foundations of being a successful entrepreneur, small business owner. And then we're going to be joined by our guest, Martin Brosman. Uh, Martin is a social media expert, and he also works with businesses and communities to develop a shop local strategy. And we're going to be talking about building a shop local strategy for your business and your community. And then we'll finish up with our local small business of the month. But first, uh, was going through Entrepreneur Magazine, and yeah, I guess I'm. It's a new year. I'm involved in a whole bunch of projects, and and I'm I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed these days. And I came across this article that sort of resonated with me, which it's uh, written by a fellow named David Loss, L O S, who uh, is called the Four Embers of the Entrepreneurial Fire. And he was talking about uh, some things that, whether you're an entrepreneur or a businessman, you really need to focus on if you're going to be successful. There are so many things that, if you're an entrepreneur, you're starting a new business that you're working on. But he points out four that uh, are very critical if you're going to be successful. And number one is executing, thinking that uh, sometimes you can think too much. You know, and, and there's so many things going on in your brain, and you're running around, and sometimes uh, you really have to focus on executing, because if you don't execute well, a lot of other things are going to fall through the cracks, and you're probably not going to make it. I agree with you. I have a lot of things on my plate. Uh, of course, we're doing a lot of really good things at the school, but sometimes you've got to also focus on what the high priorities are and then start executing on them as opposed to saying, well, you know, we could do this, this, and this, but sometimes you just got to get off the dime and move forward and you know, put your best foot forward to execute, but don't overthink it. I think that's a good idea. His second major point was listen to the market. You know, execution is important, but if you're not sensitive to what's going on in the market, figuring out what's working, what's not working, you're headed for a fall. Again, I think it ties into listening to the market with all the things that we have on our plate. What are the most important things to the market? You know, we may think something is important, but we really need to understand uh, what the marketplace is looking for. The third one, I, I, I work with folks that are thinking about starting businesses, and I, I see this as a trap they often fall into. Think simple, less is more. And he, what he writes is, don't try to become IKEA right out of the gate. Over time, you can extend your offerings and your product features, but always be aware of what your core added value to the market is and do your absolute best. I, I, I don't know about you. I run into folks who have these grand plans of uh, you know, product lines and how they can be extended. And uh, when you're just starting out, you better have some, some 
core products or core, core services that you can offer and not get too uh, tied up in offering too many out there. You're going to trip on that. Well, I think it ties into small businesses or anything we're doing. Again, we can think about all the great things that are going to happen down the road or what we'd like to have with bells and whistles, but we got to start and execute. So to be the best at executing on our strategy, we need to keep it as simple as possible. Still effective, but simple. Well, his final, final suggestion is hire employees who are smarter than you. And, again, I've, this was a trap at one point in my career I've fallen into and in that I, I had the opportunity to hire somebody. And, you know, the first time I did that, it was just very exciting. Hey, I'm going to get to go hire somebody. And I, I hired someone very quickly. And uh, when I, you know, several months later when I had to fire that person, it was a rather painful experience. So uh, going through the hiring process slowly and thoroughly I found to be a very important well, I think that's important, and also the smarter than you it ties into. Sometimes we want to make sure that we don't fall in the trap of we want to be the smartest person in the room. We really want to have people that can bring something to the table, and uh, that's so important. Not even if they're employees, but also looking for folks outside of us. Maybe that's our accountant or our attorneys that can give us that insight because we need more than our viewpoint if we're going to be successful. Well, that's a good point, you know, particularly when you're talking about some of the people that you're going to need, accountants, lawyers, other resources. Uh, you, if you're going to be an entrepreneur or you have your own business, you can't be afraid to ask for help. So, so that's a very good point. Well, and I have to say this. It'll be a compliment to you because when I was looking to get some support in the er- different areas as we are growing our uh, parts of the school, I was fortunate enough to hire you to, to work with us to take us to the next level. Well, you know, it's, it's after Valentine's Day, but that's a very sweet thing of you to say, Gary. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> um, anyway, well, we're moving along. I want to introduce uh, our, our guest today. Our guest is Martin Brosman, who is, is a leading authority on social media and online marketing. Martin, how are you doing today? I'm great, and I'm just so excited uh, that you're doing this and to being on your show. Well, we, we very much appreciate you taking some time to join us. And Martin is a business coach. He's a consultant. He's a trainer. Uh, he's a member of the National Speakers Bureau. He works a lot with social media. He works a lot with uh, local communities and small business. He teaches at many of our North Carolina Community College small business centers. He's a published author with uh, a book, uh, Social Media for Business. So uh, I've had the opportunity to hear Martin speak and always uh, come away learning things and uh, also having a very enjoyable time. So I'm, I'm glad that uh, Martin's, Martin's here. And, and Martin, we want to talk some today about uh, uh, developing a shop local strategy for small business and for, for communities. Uh, why don't you start a little bit by telling us the work about the work that you do with local businesses in North Carolina and in the region? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had the I've been uh, self-employed since I left IBM in '95, but in about 2004 I signed up for LinkedIn. 2006 I hit the road teaching across the state with the schools, and I have. Um, if you have my little Google map, you'll see little zigzags of me across the state for over seven years and over seven years in working in social media. So I have seen the grassroots challenges of micro business in this state uh, more than uh, many of us. And I'm always open for politicians to talk to me to let them know what's really needed. 
And I use the word micro business because um, that's who we're, that's what America was founded on. That's the frontier, and that's the most underserved at a nationwide level. Uh, the mom and pop, the ones and twos that are supporting themselves. So I just want to say that's what I'm working with. And, and also, local is so important because when Bob Jones gets an ice cream shop in a downtown and he makes it succeed, it gives people hope that might have a meaningless, low-paying job that maybe they can do it. So this is, to me, the biggest crisis in America is supporting our, <laughs> excuse me, our downtowns, our local businesses, our micro-businesses. And I still challenge it's the, the number one item off the radar at the political level. They think small business is 50 or above when I speak to them. And I want to bring more attention to this. So our downtowns are critical. Basically, if you're not developing your town, you know, people go, I don't want it to change. Well, if it doesn't have a certain growth rate, you might as well just invite the crack dealers in today because that's what's going to fill that void. And it's really serious because this means people learning new behaviors and taking new actions that are uncomfortable. And I, I, I'll tell you. What I've learned in this years of training is adult learners would rather have a root canal without painkillers than learn a new behavior that would save their business. So that's why I, I, you know, I see this as a sense of real urgency. I want to add real quick thing here on um, your your quote was very important about the moving fast and taking action. I call it. I add it with three things that ties to this: speed of execution creating local content and bringing your people out front because you can't afford to spend a million dollars on branding. So I want to tie that back to your article because that's to me at the micro level and the sins that often occur is they think they're going to hide behind their name and they got to bring themselves out front because they don't have the a million bucks in the bank to brand. So this ties into the a local thing. The other thing I want to say is hiring people smarter than you. My gosh, everyone I work with is smarter than me. <laughs> and uh, it's just like it's like I, when I was uh, single and had a roommate, I learned a lesson. Never hire someone you can help. Never let them into your house either. Uh, make sure you keep your charity separate or it's going to be very expensive. So <laughs> Jeff reminds me of that every day. The article uh, as well. But um, the the local. Shop local programs are fantastic. It's I call it shop local, buy local, invest local, and review local. So we've got four terms here. And these are real important because they keep uh, the soul of the town intact and they keep it growing. It's, um, it's, uh, it's, so um, uh, that's to me uh, one of the most important things. People make that if they, we take 10% of our money and invest in this. This could be even local banks, um, credit unions, things like that could occur. Uh, keeping that money local, we can really profoundly change our economy faster than any legislation. So, so um, that's so, what I want to focus on. Go ahead. So, so you you uh, obviously are very passionate about local business, and you call them micro business and businesses that are are less than 50 people, and those are a lot of the people that are, you know, when you're starting a company, often uh, 
you know that's what you're starting, whether it be a a tech company or whether it be the the uh, Bob Jones uh, ice cream shop that's opening up in your your downtown. So when you talk about creating a a strategy, and I think you talked about buying local, shopping local, investing, and also reviewing local, is that something that can and should be done by individual businesses? Is that something that a community has to come together to do, or uh, you know, so is it something that I can do, or how do we get started? Tell, tell tell us a little bit about how you envision this. Well, yeah, it, yes, it, all of the above, and and in in getting it, the biggest thing is we've got to ask ourselves: is what is the signature? Uh, theme of our area. What does the world see us as the brand? Because brand lives in your customer's eyes, not in your head. So, you know, what is it that they see us? What do they like of us? What can we bring forward? That's the beginning thing. You know, so if you're, if you want to be the, I don't know, the, the train station of the area and everyone use you as the a model uh, race car area, then you better embrace model race car and lead with it. So that's the first thing is it's just like if you're coaching someone to bring out the best of them, what is the what are they best at? What are we best at? We want to look up collectively because that's going to be the intentional persona we're building in our marketing plan for downtown. And everything has a personality. Even the most fragmented towns have their own solar personality. It's just sometimes hard to see when you're in the middle of it. So that's where I would start. You know, uh, then the, the, the next and, and uh, is to uh, we've got to figure out what is a, a purpose or mission around this soul that gets the maximum buy in from people. Because this only works, nobody, a large check can't make this work. It's got to be local micro businesses getting on court and all pitching in to make it work. It just will fail. If you got great grant, I've seen, I've seen insane amounts of grant money that has not successfully worked because you didn't have buy-in of the people. So that's to me the next tier. Um, along, along that, I, I want to uh, just point out the the biggest thing that's the biggest hurdle to get people to realize is the outside world is going to these. They're looking up two places. They're talking to Siri. They're talking to Google. And they're bringing you in on this. And most businesses haven't fully set up and claimed their, their profiles, even schools, to give you an idea, on, um, on Yelp or uh, Google Maps or TripAdvisor if you're a destination place. And this is, to me, the next frontier. We've got to have an education program. We have to have a buy-in program. And we have to have get on the maps or they'll go to the next town. Get on the maps or they'll spend their money in the next town. Because if you've got beautiful downtown flags and I say restaurant near me and it looks like a ghost town on my my listing chart, I'm going to spend my money in the next town. I'm never going to see those beautiful downtown flags. So that's, to me, the next frontier. Um, so let me let you jump in. But this is we're starting to build a plan, but we got to start with. Who is who? Who does the world see us as? What is the person? What is the identity of our area that we can bring forward that will get the most buy-in? That's to me the start. Can I ask real quick question? You said you started with IBM or with IBM. What drove you to this great idea to focus on the local 
Because oh, that's okay. a big company to the small. Uh, very simple. I said a four-year dream. I was a Radio Shack manager back in 1984 or something and set a dream to work for the best company, IBM. After seven years, I took a personality profile there and they said, this is the correlation holding my hand up of all IBMers and you don't overlap on any of the points. <laughs> and I went in a great depression before I realized maybe I don't belong there. And frankly, if you, if you get who I am, it's a miracle I didn't get fired because I was always committed to what's the right thing to do and what's best the customer. And institutions are driven by indicators, not the right action generally. So that's my that's as far as I'll go. <laughs> so, Good answer. So so uh, so so you failed at corporate America, but you found the right niche. Yeah, and uh, I love it. I tell people I only work eight days a week, and I take a day off. There you go. There you go. Um, so so Martin, you were you were talking about uh, identifying a signature theme. You're talking about getting all the businesses involved or, or, or generating uh, you know, enough volume there and, and getting, uh, getting on the map with uh, uh, today's digital uh, phones and other, other medium. You know, when, when, uh, when I think about getting involvement, one of the questions I guess I have for you is, have you seen community partners, you know, whether it be chambers or are there other groups that have served to facilitate this or spearhead this or, or you know, what sort of community partners should folks be looking towards for leadership or, or maybe they shouldn't be looking for them to lead but just be involved in some way? How have you seen that work in, in your experience? Yeah, I- Uh, Absolutely. I want to get the uh, economic development person. I want to get the downtown development, if you have one. I want to get the chamber, and I want to get the small business center director in a room. That's the, the, the people. And then, of course, it'd be nice to have the mayor because he'll probably keep his job if he actually is involved in it. I've seen four mayors lose their job because they weren't web savvy enough in my time. Um, and so those are, those are some of the, the key players to get on the map, to get around the round table and go, what does the world see us as that we can amplify that will be, make us our own unique destination place? Okay. Very good. And, and uh, do you see those groups as the leaders or is this more of a grassroots type effort? Well, you know, I want to add, I, I left someone out. Every town has a few businesses that seem to have the best connection um, in in trust. You know, what I say is there's the, the person with the title leader and then there's the leaders. And so sometimes this could be a, a coffee shop owner in town. Uh, this could those would be the first tier. But I'd also get involved. Uh, it could be, a, you know, a mom that's in charge of the. Uh, PTA that has so much influence, we might want to make sure we get her buy-in. So uh, I would really look to see now who are the people in society that the most respect, that if we can get them on board, it will leverage this. Because this work has to have a lot of uh, ground uh, ground work that we do. What I call is lots of uh, kissing hands and shaking babies, uh. and uh, and and then 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 we're building from there up to the web. Well, well, yeah, you you because of the work that you do, you're you're interacting with small businesses, community businesses every day. You know, that's that's sort of what you do. 
and uh, you know, talk to us a little bit about the challenges that you see that they face. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, getting on the map sounds like one of them. But, the, you know, are there, other, are there other common challenges that you see in your work with them that they run into? Yeah. Uh, you know, the biggest challenge I see is just the fact that a small business can't pay their people what they'd really like. And so getting quality labor and keeping them is a huge challenge. You know, that's that's just a real uh, everywhere you see it. I mean, everywhere there's and people who love their employees. There's just uh, I, the average. Everybody should everybody should at least lose their job once. And everyone should try to start a business and success and fail once. It makes them a better employee. The truth is, they just don't understand how expensive it is to run a business, the overhead, you know, the average worker. And um, and that means they've got to try to give as many incentives beyond just salary they can and then let them build without it. So that's, to me, number one. The other thing is the fact that they are hearing and seeing that their traditional interruption advertising is not working as well as it used to. You know, our tolerance for the in-your-face repeated advertising is just people are, are finding the remote and they're turning it off, they're TVOing it, they're hiding it, they're blocking them on Facebook. So, um, so first of all, I'm all for good advertising traditional that works. A billboard that says, sweet tea, barbecue, turn right, is a good one. Now, of course, the... The uh, one I saw the other day with a QR code on a billboard, I'd have to actually drive with my knees to be able to scan that. That wasn't very wise. But, you know, uh, <laughs> postcards that go out, um, even local papers that really speak to the local audience still can be important advertising. But they need to get more savvy and know who they serve better, not just anyone who writes them a check. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. Uh, I agree. And, and uh, one of your areas of expertise is social media. And I know you work with a lot of businesses and helping them develop social media strategies. You know, when, when you sit down and talk to, to small businesses, you know, there are a lot of options that are out there today, whether it be Facebook, whether it be Twitter, whether it be LinkedIn and, and probably uh, many that, uh, you know, some of us older folks might not even be aware of. It's a, an evolving, changing uh, landscape out there. You know what? How do, how do you help people think through what's appropriate for them? And and talk to us a little bit about creating a social media strategy if you're a small business and how that fits into the overall marketing strategy. Absolutely, and it, it's critical. It works together. Uh, the first thing we have to ask is where are our prospect customers online? Where are they going? Where do they like to relate? Where do they like to obsess? 
So, you know, if it's a women's clothing store catering to under 30 women, guess what? It's going to be Instagram. If it's over 30 women, guess what? It's going to be Pinterest. If it's B2B professional, it's going to be LinkedIn. If it's a restaurant, you better be on the directories and Facebook would be important. So, you know, just if you don't have time to, none of them have time to learn all this stuff. It's, I tell people this, my field is like an island with, that's, that has earthquakes randomly changing its terrain all the time. It's really, it's tough for us to even keep up. So uh, I tell people, if you aren't overwhelmed, you're out of touch with reality in this field. So, um, but the, the, the key thing here is that they've got to go, where are our customers relating and make sure they get their own bias out of the way. Uh, I met someone that was, uh, uh, I won't mention a political party, but they're, they're a political party and they said, Martin, you don't understand. Uh, I don't like Facebook. Our people really aren't on it. And I said, you show me a town and tell me the radius and tell me how many people are in that demographics of the party. He said, well, there are 12,000 basically registered. We looked up, looked up the party, 11,000 showed up on Facebook. His jaw dropped. It was because his own biases, I don't want to learn it, stopped him from learning this. You know, what I have to say is I don't care what you don't like. If your customers on it, fall in love with it or at least tolerate it. <laughs> so, so it does come back to some of these, the, the traditional marketing approaches of know where your customer's at. And if, that's, if, if they're reading the newspaper and uh, the obituary section, you might want to advertise there. If uh, they're on Facebook, if they're on Instagram, you need to figure that part of it out. Ties into our yeah. article. Listen to the market. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, it's always evolving. It, pretty much your first speculation, give yourself permission to go, you're probably going to be wrong. I mean, I'm, you know, I started out really more as a personal coach. Then I realized they need to make more money so that they could ask what the bigger purpose was. Then I realized that people need to learn about LinkedIn and social media. So I, my evolution has been what do my customers need and how can I serve them best? And we all have to do that. And so many go, well, I don't like this or I have an opinion. You really need in a business to stop honoring your opinion and start honoring the facts and what you see out there. You, you, you were talking some initially about um, uh, the importance of speed of execution and creating local content and, and, and branding. Talk to us a little bit about uh, what you mean when you talk about creating local content and, and how small businesses should go about branding themselves when they have such small marketing budgets or, or, or advertising budgets. Absolutely. I'm going to give an example of a local ice cream uh, distributor. Uh, he came to my class. He had, um, in fact, you you, you said I could mention a you know a local shout out to a local business. So his name, it's Michael's Best Gourmet Ice Cream, and he's out of Sanford. And um, he had uh, really invested in some consultants that had given him advice. He got himself into all the Lowe's foods, not an easy, a very big accomplishment. Uh, but the missing piece was they said, rely on the distributors for marketing. And that was where the breakdown was. So he, he wanted to, he needed to keep building. And when I met him, I said, look, I don't care if you're an introvert, you're, you don't have the money to brand your business. You've got to be it. 
You got to get yourself out there. You got to put yourself. And this is he's a wonderfully high integrity, integrity, salt of the earth guy that when you meet him, you trust him immediately. But he, unlike me, is a natural introvert. And he'd admit that, you know, he's he's just a put your nose to the grindstone and work type of guy. So I said, you're going to have to get out there and personalize your business because no one cares about your brand in a small business till after they bought your products. And, and I want to give an example. I went down to, I was in, I think it was Newburn, the home of Pepsi, it's called, or where birthplace, you know. And I'm watching the video telling how Pepsi's successful. And it's celebrity and person one after another making the brand be trusted over all the years. And I realized, my gosh, even the big companies don't brand, you see? They're using individuals and humans because homo sapiens build identities with other homo sapiens, not inanimate objects that they bow down to. But somehow we were taught and have the delusion of branding our name so I don't have to put myself out there. So that's what I mean by getting yourself out there. Then the personal content, a direct owned coffee shop, and I mean, uh, you know, one that's owned directly, uh, cannot write about a local parade or event like a local owned can, and Google pays attention to this local content. So does Facebook. So personalizing and connecting to the local will help them on the web. So that's what I mean by local content. Okay. Very good. Well, we appreciate it. Well, Martin, you've given us a lot uh, here to work with and, and chew on, and it sounds like if people – if people want to see you in person, you 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 travel throughout North Carolina. Uh, tell us uh, if if people want to see you, find you on the internet and see what your schedule is. Where where should they be looking? Absolutely, there are two places for the small business center. It's NC Small Business Training, NC Small Business Training dot com, and then then the other place is uh, Pro Networking Online dot com. That's for the uh, uh, de- Often that'll be the towns, the small businesses that are hiring me directly to come in and training, and then uh, then the larger companies as well. I do B two B work, especially around professional sales. I I, I actually love business to business sales guys with large and gals with large quotas because they'll actually change their behavior to make their quota, <laughs> and that's what I love about it. And uh, and so you can learn about that on linkingintosales.com and then my and then Martin Brossman Associates will let you find all my stuff but my big biggest ad is google my name <laughs> m a r t i n b r o s s m a n last time i looked it was 33,000 index pages of content so uh, that's my best business card google my name i want to add one more thing uh, if we could about the maps and stuff mm-hmm. When I say getting on the maps, it's real simple. Go to Yelp.com and look up your business and make sure that the business has claimed the listing, you've got good photos, and you're managing your reputation on it. We offer a course where in your area, in fact, on this. Run, don't walk to this class. Second of all, respond to those negative reviews. Somehow, it, you know, not responding to a negative review would be like, if you came, uh, walked up to me in front of my customers and told me, 
there's a problem with this food. And I stood there with a blank, dumb look on my face and said nothing. That's what it's like in the real web when you don't respond to these things. And businesses don't get how serious and how this drives away business. So that's the other one. And we talk about this in training that I offer through the schools. So I'm going to mention that. The other one is maps.google.com or Google Maps. Look up your business. Make sure you got an icon, a logo. You've got content on there. This is about three grand of marketing free that most haven't claimed to make sure the schools have it as well. Not quite as critical for the schools because a lot of those come in, you know, word of mouth and community. But I just, uh, um, just so you know, in the schools, I always am available to help their marketing people with some questions on this. So those, those are two big things we could do right away that would increase revenue with one more item. How many businesses have you reviewed this week, this month, this month, this uh, in the last three months on start reviewing local. That's why that last item was review local. Get yourself a personal Yelp, get yourself a Google Plus and start writing reviews. Why should anyone care about your business if you don't care about other businesses and review it? If we got a critical mass of people in a town seriously writing reviews of other businesses, you're gonna see a bottom line increase in business in that town. And if you don't like them, don't review them, it's simple. I just crossed 14 million views on Google Plus and reviewed over 400 businesses most are local owned, so I'm putting my money where my mouth is, and I want to see some real competition. <laughs> well, I, you, you've given us some tips, and, and from what I can gather, when you talk about getting on Google Maps and Yelp, these are tips that aren't going to cost you any money. They'll cost you a little bit of time to set it up, but uh, they're going to go a long ways to getting your name out there. So. Absolutely, and they're available. You know, um, uh, the small business center directors can help with this. Uh, sometimes the classes I'm, I have a class coming up with you. Uh, they should bring a friend along so they can share the tips. I, I, I am a little bit about like a fire hose, but I give lots of handout <laughs> handout data and, and resources and uh, and get get on the maps. Uh, there's the way I say is there's an invisible dome around your town and on it are reviews and people are choosing to come into the dome or bounce off of it to another town and you need to be on uh, make sure you're doing it. Well, I, I think that we could keep this conversation going for a while, but we're gonna we're gonna wind down at this point in time, and and uh, you know each each time uh, Gary and I talk a little bit about a small business that we've come across, and you mentioned I think Michael's Best Ice Cream. Where, where tell us yeah. a little bit more about them. Absolutely, Michael's Best Gourmet Ice Cream, and if you look it up, it is. I'll give the exact website: Michael's Best Ice Cream dot com. Um, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S-B-E-S-T, icecream.com. And, uh, and what I want to show is he basically had invested so much in his business, he really didn't have the resources for a website. So this goes to his Google local page and his Facebook, and he's got now over, let me just uh, uh, check the list here. He's got... Um, on his Google local page that was started probably late November. Now he has over 17,000 views of his local page. So this is an example where he's making, he's making building the brand even without, um, without a website. And, and basically it caught, the domain cost him 10 bucks 
and it redirects to this and uh and he's he's pedaling hard so if you go into a lowe's and find it buy his ice cream and then like it on his facebook page so it's, it's, welcome and, to love and and, and, it, and it sounds like if you want to if you want to give it a taste you can go to your local lowe's grocery store and it's going to be in many of those yep absolutely so, so well we'll look for michael's uh, gary what do you have this month well mine is a perfect compliment of course you know i always have a, a certain focus and mine is Mrs. Haynes Moravian Cookies. Because uh, you know I love sweets, and I love the Winston-Salem area. And listen to Martin in the social media, I'm thinking about, of course, I know Winston-Salem for the last 30-plus years, but I'd never heard of Mrs. Haynes Moravian Cookies. I always think of old Salem cookies. But she says she is the real home of Moravian Cookies. But it's really uh, unusual business, particularly in today's fast-paced uh, environment, they say that they're the largest handmade cookie company in the world. They make everything still in a kitchen in their house. Uh, that's how they got their start 75 years ago, trying to supplement the farm income. And they employ family members and friends, uh, but they are uh, lining up at the door to get these Moravian cookies. But I didn't know anything about it. So I think we need to give them some ideas from Martin Stock on social media and uh, I drive by them every day when I'm going to uh, the mall uh, when I'm going to Winston-Salem. I'll add one quick thing. My mother's Moravian. That's the uh, church I associate with. And uh, I met, uh, you cannot beat homemade Moravian stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm on a diet, so I'm holding off right now. But uh, let her. I'll give you one tip. Look her up on the maps and let her know to claim her listing on there. And I'll, I'll find the excuse to try them out and uh, write a review after I've tried them. Sounds, Sounds good. great. Well, the, the small business that I'm going to give a shout-out today is uh, actually out of Savannah, Georgia. It's a company called Tailspin Pet Food and Accessories. It's actually a small three-store uh, chain of local pet stores. Started in Savannah, they've now expanded to, to Pooler and Macon, Georgia. And I, I came across them because I was uh, reading some information about the uh, 2014 Blue Ribbon Award, uh, which are given out by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. And they were one of the top 100 small businesses in the country for 2014. They also received the 2014 Small Business Administration Georgia Small Business of the Year Award. And I guess I'm just a sucker for businesses that are both successful and profitable, but also find a way to connect and give back and partner with the community. And Tailspin, uh, as I started reading about it, uh, just was very impressed by the fact that they've built uh, partnerships with many local nonprofits, uh, resource agencies, uh, uh, pet organizations in their community, they were at the forefront of working with the Savannah's local community and government to, to secure Savannah's first dog park. They have an endless list of events to provide low-cost vaccinations to pets and uh, put on a lot of pet care and adoption events, and they work to raise awareness, and they've raised tens of thousands of dollars to support pet organizations. And uh, uh, just to me, uh, struck me as the sort of a uh, solid local community business that uh, is very impressive, and I just want to give them a shout-out. You can find out more about them at www.tailspin, and there are two S's in there, tailspin.com, because I guess if you uh, visit them, your pet's tail will be a wagon. So uh, give, them a, give them a 
look them up and check them out there. So anyway, Martin, we want to thank you again for joining us today. Uh, you're going to be traveling into uh, Catawba County in early March, and we look forward to having you talk to some of the folks in our community about uh, social media, uh, buying local, selling local. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you then. Uh, you, know, you can check Martin out. Uh, we also want to thank The Mesh uh, for having us on. And uh, you can check out The Mesh at uh, uh, themesh.tv. And you can su- subscribe to the podcast at the iTunes store. So anyway, good Excellent. show. Hey, thanks for all you all do to help keep the American dream alive. And I want to thank the small business centers across the state for all the great directors uh, doing the same. Well, we appreciate that. All right. Well, Martin, safe travels to you, and uh, we'll see you soon. Gary, have a good one. You too. I have a quick teaser for next month's small business. Okay. Think dumpster diving. Dumpster diving. I think that's going to bring people back next that's, month. That's what I was hoping. All right. Well, we will we will look forward to talking to you guys again next month. Have a have a good one. Take care. Bye bye. Take care. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.